Okay, sinking in three, two, one. You know the Titanic sank in three, two, one. Clap. Do you think it did? I I, I feel like I feel like it, at, at a certain point they were like three, two, one, go. Okay, I don't know that I feel the same. I bet there was at least one guy on the Titanic that decided to count it down. Hey. <laughs> He's my hero. I I like um for some reason the Titanic is one of those tragedies where so many people died but that didn't stop anyone from it becoming like a pop culture thing. Yeah. And well, what's weird is that I've seen people say, like, I can't believe it. Like, when it kind of dawns on them how, like, gruesome some of these stupid cartoons are, where it's like, I, you know, I can't believe they'd make light of that happening. But then it's like, I have a million 9-11 jokes on my hard drive right now. Right. Well, and let's be real, it's not like we haven't heard jokes and about, that was you like know, the an Holocaust. Attack. Yeah. I think it's in it's, human nature to yeah, make jokes. Yeah, it's like... It's just so, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun doing that Thomas Tank Engine skit. That was funny. That had a good 9-11 joke in it. Every time I, I, I remembered of that one shooting at the movie theater uh, when Batman was playing. I can't remember. God, this must have been the third Christopher Nolan movie. And then like the next day, Dane Cook was like, yeah, I didn't really like the movie either. And people got so mad <laughs> at him for that. And That's a for good one, joke. That's a good joke too. The audience thought it was really funny, and and three, it's like I mean, come on, like there are there are multiple ways to cope with tragedy, and not all of them are for everybody. And I've definitely ran into that where I like I make a joke, and someone's like, "That's not funny," you know, it's X X or Y. And it's like, well, that one wasn't for you, but also I should have read the room a little better. You're right. I'm not going to apologize for the joke, uh, but I will apologize that. I made it in front of, of, of the wrong crowd kind of thing. Do you think you could have a job writing comedy? Oof. I don't know. Um, it's really hard to do. Like, it, it's one of those things where, like, if you're writing a story with comedic characters or comedic plot things, that's that's doable because it's not you doing it it's like it's it's a story right like i've written comedy stuff before that's largely gone over pretty well but if you're like hey i need you to write a 10 minute stand up special or something along those lines that would be that would be extremely difficult i think i could with the right team I feel like I have a talent for bouncing off of people. Like, anybody can say something and I will turn it into a joke. Yeah. Well, I you know, there, that's, that's what I started another... doing uh, with um, with couples therapy when we started that uh, he wanted to do, like, a trivia show. And he asked me to help by being kind of an announcer. And so he'll have everyone there for the trivia questions, but he'll ask the question... And then my job is to think of a joke on the fly and say it like I'm the, uh, like the, the sidekick kind of a thing. Right. And he, he used to give me the questions ahead of time, but it's like, no, 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 I'll just do it live. <laughs> There's, it's, it's an, a third skill too, I think, to be like really witty on the spot. 
Because I can do that too. And I definitely like say things at work and people laugh or they groan and tell me to fuck off. But like, clearly I'm making the effort. But I don't think that translates into like, once again, really structured, written out beforehand comedy. It's more of like, oh no, I know a lot of words. And so if you say something, I can make a pun off that probably pretty fast. Um, Or, you know, my mind just goes into random directions depending on how much coffee I've had. And I'll just open my mouth and something will come out like it's you know that's different though than what mitch hedberg was doing which is different from what i don't know bill burr whoever your favorite comedian is is doing uh just because mitch hedberg was definitely like set up punchline set up punchline versus i'm gonna tell a story and the story's gonna be funny and there's gonna be a punchline at the end like and we've talked about comedy i think pretty often on this show but yeah i don't i don't think i could do it without a good team of people or like the right vessel i think i want to say norm mcdonald is my favorite comedian and his jokes are all terrible and it's all in the delivery and that's almost intentional you know like it's not like he saved a bad joke it's like his bit is to say the stupidest thing ever but deliver it and you laugh and then you maybe feel bad for laughing or you're confused why you're laughing i think one of my favorite ones uh do you remember that that Ruth Bader Ginsburg joke he had. I do not. So he had this bizarre joke. And I've never seen him do something like this. He was on some kind of live show. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was like internet stream kind of show. And the host was saying, okay, and, uh, you know, we're here with Norm MacDonald and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing their thing. And it's fun. And there's funny lines here and there. <laughs> Excuse me. I get him getting over a cold, everybody. Sorry. Uh, but at some point, the guy says, uh, we're going to like go for a break. And Norm says, okay, but before you do, I just I want to announce something serious. Uh, I'm going on a hunger strike. I've been actually carrying out a hunger strike. And I refuse to eat until a Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies. And we finally stop her. And the host is like biting his lip and he, he's like not sure where this is going. And he says, I, well, she, she actually, she passed away a week ago. And the camera cuts back to Norm and he has a KFC bucket and he is shoving chicken in his face. Like it cuts back and the chicken's already in his mouth. And the host is like holding back laughter so hard, just trying to go to the commercial break. And Norm is like wolfing down this chicken, just like a like a cartoon character, and it was like completely off the wall. It had nothing to do with what they were talking about. He like interrupted for this bit, and it caught him off guard so bad. It was the best. That's that's pretty good. I, I, yeah, I, I'm like, I have, a, I, I could keep going about this because I have technically opinions, but also it's, it's not that important. Uh, and I, and I'll just end up saying something <laughs> that like, like, no, yeah, you shouldn't have actually joked about that. Yeah, that people, people were right. You were wrong. And it's like, I don't want to be told I'm wrong on a podcast. So yeah, you ever have, I, I had a, Ripley did a dumb today and I want to bitch about it. So he comes upstairs and he meows at me and I'm like, oh, he wants to be petted. So I picked him up and I threw him on my bed thinking, oh, I'll pet him and, you know, wrestle him a little. And then I was like, why do you smell like pee? And it turns out he like dug all the way to the bottom of the box 
and then he peed and it splashed up all over his paws. So I had to first take him into the bathroom and then clean him off, which neither of us enjoyed, but he complained more than I did. And then I had to go clean the floors and now I got to like eventually strip my bed and, and at least do the comforter, throw that in the washing machine because I don't trust his little paws. And it's technically like he didn't do anything really wrong. It was an accident. But boy, howdy. What a what a way to what a way to finish a night. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun of cats though, right? Yeah, and it's like if it had been cat poop, I would have cared a lot less. But like cat piss is so gross that it's like fuck, I actually have to like go scrub all my floors in my house and I should really run a vacuum before I go to bed just to make sure and I clean the counters cuz I I don't know if he jumped up on the table or not. He probably did. He's very good at that. Uh that's the problem. Cats can go literally anywhere in your house. So if they track something, you you gotta you gotta like it's like video game design. You gotta look up. I guess that's not a very fun story, but it did happen, and I wanted to get it off my chest. It's kind of fun. It's a little fun if you're not me. I'm talking to a guy at work, and I mentioned my dogs, and he said, "Oh, you have dogs? What kind of dogs?" And I'm talking about my dogs. And he says, yeah, I like, I like cats more. And he's talking about how he likes his cats. And it turned into him five minutes ranting about everything wrong with his cats and how troublesome they are. And it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I know. I know cats. Yeah, it's kind it's of funny. Part of it. There's such like low-hanging fruit jokes between dog owners and cat owners. But in general, they seem vaguely true. Where I'm just like, I love my cat. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, like, fuck him. He knows what he did. Did you see? Did you see the concert announcement in, in, in Las Vegas? Uh, remind me. So, I don't know if you caught the one this year. I, I, I don't expect you went. But they had the uh, When We Were Young Festival in Las Vegas, and all of the uh, major pop-punk and emo bands from popular between, like, 2000 and maybe 2009 were there. So it was, like, Bring Me the Horizon okay. and uh, Paramore and a bunch more I can't remember the names of because I didn't really listen to that music at the time. And so that that sold out. It did really well. And so now they're doing the same thing, but for new metal Though there's some really weird bands that are not on the list, but it's like Deftones and Corn and System of a Down and Papa Roach and Cold and uh, a bunch of other bands. There's like 50 on this list, right? And so the the people in my my vocal Discord are some of them are are, are actually getting ready to like, hey, let's get a big group of people. When tickets go on sale, we'll get them and we'll get like we'll rent out a, a house and we'll just we'll go to Vegas and make a, a weekend of this. And I got an invite to that, which I, I appreciate the invite. I, I always like to be invited to things, even though like nine times out of ten, I'm not going to go. And this is this is one of those where tickets are 250 bucks just to go to the show. And you got to get on a plane to get down there. Uh, obviously pay for, for a hotel or the, the Airbnb or whatever food. Like you're looking at a couple thousand dollars and uh, for the weekend. But I think it's kind of cool that it's bringing people together. Uh People are really excited. I've seen enough of these bands where I'm like, none of them are worth getting on a plane for, in my opinion. 
But yeah. the, the excitement, <laughs> the excitement for it is cool. Like these were all some of the biggest bands when I was, you know, nine to fourteen, right? So I get it. Like they're hardcore hitting the nostalgia button. And it's kind of funny because uh, one of the YouTubers I follow is like, this is like our version of the, now that's what I call 80s. You know, when those CDs were, were coming out for your parents. And we're, we're just like, we're now in that market where nostalgia is just, that's the thing. And and I mean, well, we got a new Sonic game coming out. I feel like that's kind of hitting the same buttons, right? Like, it's so weird to, to realize I am being... um marketed to and what i think is kind of a shitty uh lazy way but also to be like yeah but it's working yeah i i feel kind of bad um looking around my room and my house and even my office at work and the number of times you can find the jurassic park logo on things (laughs) that's really my achilles heel in a weird way sure I feel like I don't bring that movie up a whole lot, do I? No, you really don't. I feel I like I talk about else. other things. I like I'm, I can be very annoying about Pokemon or Warhammer or Warcraft, but I feel like Jurassic Park. I almost respect in a way where I don't talk it to death. But I have a lot of Jurassic Park like shirts and toys and crap. I don't need. Okay, so I just I have a beer here. Um, have I shown you my bottle opener? No. Is it a Jurassic, I have a Jurassic Park, Park, bottle, Park opener? bottle opener? Hell yeah. yeah. Let me take a picture of it. My big one, I guess, is probably Aliens and Predator, because like, I have a bookshelf with toys, and there will eventually be more of them. I also have some Dragon Ball Z stuff, a really old school Godzilla figure. Like, I'm definitely... Oh, that's cool. It looks like a... It looks like a dinosaur claw yeah so it's like a scale it's the raptor claw that grant has but cooler because it's functional Um, remember when he's like sitting in the tree and is all dramatic about it and that sweet music is playing and then it just like ends with a (laughs) because it it you grip it in your hand so well it's like the best bottle opener i've ever used so it's not just the novelty it's like oh no this is my good one and I'll just clamp it on the bottle and pop it off real fast. I, I, I'm I pretty sure I have a bottle opener in my house somewhere, but it's a, just a generic one. Oh, and I got the Jurassic Park Transformers. Did you see those? I did not. I, they made Jurassic Park Transformers, huh? So I'm half wondering if we should do like a Jurassic Park episode. Because I could talk for an hour by myself. Like next time you're sick, I'll just pretend you're here and I'll talk for an hour. I, I am meaning at some point to read the book. It is on my to-do list. I'm going through a Redwall book right now, and then I'm going to read the next Gideon book, and then I think I will hit up my neighbor and be like, hey, I'll, I finally want to borrow Jurassic Park and read that off you. So it'll be a little bit, probably a couple weeks, maybe a month, because I don't know how long it'll take me to read that. But I do want to read it, and then we can talk about Jurassic Park. I don't know if we it's just want to stick to the book. Like or- right now, I'm reading The Lost World. I almost love the car more than the dinosaur. I feel like the dinosaur is really impressive in that it looks like a pretty good dinosaur. But there's something about the way the car transforms. Oh, shit. Is this I, just a recolors of uh, that one dy- uh, Beast Wars Transformer? It's a Yeah, it's basically just a recolor of the T-Rex and a recolor of a Jeep. 
Um, I got it more so for the whole display box where it's acting at that scene. But realistically, it's like if it was just the car, I would have bought that without the T-Rex. Sure, sure. It's a good paint job. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool in robot form, too. I feel like the problem with the T-Rex is after you transform it, it doesn't look like Jurassic Park. Yeah, a little bit. But I love the whole big box. So now I have this big unopened toy that I'm like leaving unopened, which I normally don't do. I'm still meaning to as, buy as I drink out of my Jurassic Park <laughs> uh, coffee cup. And... My my next like purchase is probably going to be Goku if, uh, if like they are still available at uh, either Barnes and Noble or Target. There was a really nice Goku. It was only like thirty some bucks, and I was like, "Well, I got Piccolo and I got Gohan. I should get Goku." And at some point, it would be neat to have Krillin because Krillin's a bro, and I like Vegeta a lot. But I want a specific version of him. I don't want like this Super Saiyan four bullshit. I want regular Super Saiyan when the when the show was cool. I have standards. I don't know why I buy the things I buy. I like I have like relatives that are like, I collect elephants and horses, and they have all these little, you know, figures of elephants and horses in their house, or it's like maybe one spot, like a huge collection of like look at all my elephants some of them are ceramic some of them are glass some of them are hand painted um and i guess like my equivalent to that is really expensive alien toys because i want the good sigourney weaver one where she's got the gun it's also funny um uh like when you you see like uh what are those precious memories Mm. You know those, right? Yeah. They're little porcelain figurines. Uh, their eyes are shaped like teardrops. And they're just like cutesy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, a grandma is going to have like 80 of these on a shelf. Because they're so small, they don't take much room. So it just kind of encourages this weird collector habit. They're Funko Pops and it's just for 80-year-olds. Like, I've seen people... Well, well, yeah, that's the thing. I've seen people literally like Instagram that where it's like, I went to grandma's and what are these, uh, you know, grandma ass Funko Pop collections? And it's like, yeah, I, it, it, nothing's changed, has it? <laughs> I don't like the idea of defining myself by the properties I like, but also I would rather have a an aliens t-shirt than a something kind of stupid from target that's just like watch out my mouth might open at any second or you know whatever spencer's gift bullshit that you see people wearing or like minions t-shirts or whatever and i see so many of those in the wild that i'm like i gotta be the one that's wrong here but i really i really don't like them i just don't i just don't get it it it's silly i think we've talked about this before too yeah, I mean, my mind goes to, like, cringy tombstones where it looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Um, I don't know if you saw the Dota one, but it was, like, a, the tombstone was made up to look like his game PC with the Dota 2 load screen on it. And oh it's my just God. sort of sad to think that, like, that's how he'll be remembered. Because he, he sat at his computer and played Dota 2. Admittedly... I have a feeling this is going to continue to be a thing for weird, cringy tombstones. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of oh, here for it. 
Like, it is like the biggest fuck you to the world. Like, I'm dead, and I left a monument to that, and it's me playing Dota. And I feel like this guy gets the last laugh, honestly. Like, this is kind of this weird... He's, like, spiting all of us for still being alive, the bastard. Man, there's a lot of these that make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, I would I would imagine some of these are photoshops, but maybe not. This one, it's literally shaped like a PS4. Oh my god, it is. Yeah, this looks like it could be photoshopped. I don't know if I'd buy this one. That one might be, but I know some of these are not. And so again, I don't want to be defined by the properties I enjoy. I, again... I think I've talked about this before, but I thought about getting a horde tattoo, but I never did because I don't want to do that. And what's really funny is uh, when all the like controversy came out and all the abuse and stuff, I just think about like everyone with a Warcraft tattoo is like, do you really want that on your arm right now? Yeah. Not that the good memories are taken away, but it's kind of weird to like, walk around with a okay you know what's a good one is like you walk around right now with like a kanye west tattoo oh yeah that's that that's no good right now or for the last like you, you seven don't want, years that's, that's not trendy it's sort of like um i've thought about like oh i if i was gonna get a tattoo what would i get and the answer is i'm not gonna get one but oh band logos <laughs> or bands i really like and then it's like, oh boy, that that one band I really like. Oh, they lost their vocalist. Oh, it's because he like molested five women. Well, I'm glad I didn't get their logo tattooed on my body. You know, like it it's with musicians and bands especially, like I feel like you're really walking a fine line where all of a sudden one of the the members opens their mouth and and you just like tarnishes the property for at least a while. It it happens too often. But even, I don't know, properties that are bands that you like and you find out maybe the creator just is fundamentally disagrees with you on something that is very important to you. Or they're Harvey Weinstein or something. And you're like, oh, no, it, it's just there's a there's a really inherent risk versus going like, hey, here's a cool here's a cool picture or like paying a tattoo artist, be like draw me something and put it on me. Okay, I found a good one. On one leg, it says Kanye West, and on the other leg, it says Kim Kardashian. Oh, no. I like the font style choice on the Kanye West, though. Kim Kardashian looks kind of like impact. I think, that's, I think that's a weird tattoo to have. Just, like, oh. a name of a celebrity. Absolutely awful. Worst idea. And you know the tattoo artists hate doing those, and are probably like, please don't do this. Also... I need money, and these are really easy. Oh, here's a weird one. Um, have you seen these? Where it's like a sound file. Oh, that's kind of clever. It's kind of clever, but it's also obtuse enough that it's not like someone will see it. So when Donald Trump uses the song Runaway for his new campaign theme... And someone looks at your tattoo, you can just say, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a Weird Al song. I like it," and no one's gonna know. I love how it's the transition from the piano to the auto-tuned vocoder. What is "Runaway"? Like, is this the name of a band or a song? I guess it's the name of a song. Audrey, I think it's the a band song. Is, I kind of want to listen to this now. "Runaway." 
song. But who is it by? Oh, it's probably. I wonder if it's Kanye. That would be my guess, and the fact that it's probably oh, it, not this. It is. Damn. Okay, I thought it was a different one. That's funny. So again, now he has a Kanye West tattoo, but you won't see that if you saw I that definitely... on his arm. Yeah, I wish he had timestamps. Kind of go neat. Oh, I think I did find the part. Sorry, this is probably really boring, but I'm just I'm just listening to the the Kanye West play the piano, where wondering when the auto tune vocoder is gonna come on. This is a legitimately very nice piano melody. I can't use it because it's copyrighted really, really yeah, bad. Yeah, I bet it is. Okay, okay. so I got a question. Yeah. Um. How about ironic tattoos, where it's like a tattoo of something that you don't like? Because I feel like, let's say I have a Warcraft tattoo... And then at some point in my life, I just, I don't want to think about Warcraft anymore, but it's there every time. But if I got a tattoo of a Taco Bell, it's like, this is so stupid and it'll never not be stupid. So they can never take that away from me. I mean, I personally wouldn't ever do that. I don't know if I totally get the thought process, but I understand that there is a thought process. Which is better than tattooing Kim Kardashian on your knee and then Kanye West on your other knee. So, you know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to stop opening my browser because I'll get distracted by things easily. Yeah, I closed the Kanye song. Mostly because um, I didn't feel like listening to the whole thing. That's fine. I've definitely seen people get comedy tattoos. Um, I wonder if I can find some. I'll, uh, I'm in a couple Facebook groups. Every once in a while someone's like, look at my new tattoo. Oh, I see a lot of Pokemon tattoos, by the way. I like the ones where like the guy lost his toe. So he got a tattoo of a little tombstone that says, rip my toe. That's cute. It's cute. I know I know a tattoo artist and they're really really good. Um I should go find their Facebook page or something. But there's just like there's some hummingbirds. You can't fuck up. You can't go wrong with hummingbirds. Hummingbirds are cool and they're pretty. Uh, yeah, I I kind of I don't know how I feel about the color though. Those tend to bleed funny. Oh, like the the turquoise and the the weird greens. Well, well, pretty much all color. Like color tattoos, sometimes they they don't age well as your skin ages. Oh, yeah, that's true. I usually gotta like I think get them touched up every like I don't know five or so years. Part of me is happy I don't like Pokemon enough to want a tattoo, and the other part of me is like, God, I wish like. The simplicity of old school Pokemon made me happy enough to want to get a tattoo. Like I, I think there is something kind of nice about that. Like being like, man, Growlithe, fucking dope Pokemon. I want a Growlithe tattoo. And it's like, wow, the, the dude with, with the nipple for his eye. That is horrifying, but really clever. 
I really hate these new Pokemon designs. I like the old, yeah, I, okay, the spider on the face is, is dumb. That guy, he'll be like, how come no one will fucking hire me? And it's like, yeah, I don't know, buddy. Maybe it's because you have a face tattoo of a spider. I'm sorry, were you talking about Pokemon? Yeah, Pokemon's cool. Sometimes. I was part of the initial Pokemon movement, right? Like, Pokemon came out, I played it on the Game Boy, I had a really lot of fun, I got all the first 150 cards, like, I, I traded, I did all this stuff. But it doesn't quite occupy the nostalgia area of my brain the same way a bunch of other things do. And I don't... I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like it should. And I'm just like, did I do something wrong? Why, why can't the simplicity of, like, old Pokemon things just make me endorphin happy for a bit? Like, is that so much to ask? I think you should consider yourself free of the burden. You know, that's a good way to put it, too. Now, see, that one you sent me now, that's a very pretty use of color. It just, like, I, I, I've seen people's tattoos age. I know you can touch them up, but even that's not going to always be perfect. This is, I think this is, this. let me see if I can find this person on Instagram or something. Um, Makoto underscore Inc. M-A-K-O-T-O underscore Inc. Um, I met them at a Facebook group and they are now a tattoo artist, a really good artist. And if you want to go there on Instagram and see a bunch of their drawings and tattoo work, uh, very cool stuff. A lot of neat birds. It's good which is work. Fun. Yeah, yeah, they're really... And, like, I was kind of, like, because I met them a long time ago. We don't really ever talk. It's one of those things, like, we friended each other on Facebook and then kind of left it there. And just, like, whenever they post art, though, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. This is why we're st I'm still around. Uh, and it's it's fun. And it's cool because, like, I remember when they were, like, tattooing and practicing on, like, pigskin and, and, you know, buying the first gun however many years ago now. Jesus, it's been a while. So that, that stuff's... That stuff's neat, you know, just seeing seeing someone, like, evolve at their craft to the point where they went from, I hope people will pay me someday, to, like, hey, I'm really good at this, and my client list is pretty full, like, all the time. You know, that that progression is nice. And then I, whenever I, my friends in writing do that, though, I get so fucking bitter. <laughs> Yay. Okay, I sent you a list of all the new Pokemon, and I hate all of them. New Pokemon and Scarlet and Violet. Oh, I like the I like the Weed Cat. I've seen the Weed Cat. Weed Cat's very cute. I hate Quaxley with a passion. Just ugly, ugly, shitty design. The the Fire one's kind of ugly too. I don't know who these uh, these other three are, but I don't really care for them. Um. Oh, this uh, Sizzler Sizzler. Sice Lazar. That one's alright. Maybe. The motorcycle? Oh, is that what that one is? Is that the motorcycle one? Yeah. Oh, that's a wheel. Fuck that one. Never mind. That one's stupid. Hate I it. think they're pretty stupid. Um, The one after it, Giraffe AA, is okay looking. It's a graffiti II. Some of these look kind of like Digimon. Yeah, I'm getting Zero a really Ledge strong Digimon like, vibe on these. Yeah. Winglet looks awful. It's just like a 
freaking little semen monster coming out of the ground. I don't mind the giraffe thing, but then he looks like he's wearing a fucking like mascot hat. That's stupid. Dog with a candle for a head. No. A chest. A weird a weird webcomic drawing of a thing carrying around a coin. There's not that many here though. I feel like normally like this there's less than a hundred, right? This doesn't seem like This isn't a complete list. Oh, okay. The only real good one is the weed cat. And that's because I've seen a lot of really fun fan art of that one. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of these. What were we talking about? I feel like I changed the subject. Um, Sorry if I'm out of it. I was sick last week, and so it's like, okay, I'm going to come back after taking a week off, and we're going to do great. And I feel kind of airheaded today. I mean, I think I was going down some weird road of using this as a therapy session, so we, you know... We can put a stop to that, too. I saw everything everywhere all at once. Do we want to talk about that for, like, 15 minutes? I don't know if I have, like, more than 15 minutes worth of things to say about it. I Yeah, I do want to talk about it. So what did you think about it? I thought it was a lot of fun. It was like The Matrix meets Inception. I am really surprised that a movie that high budget was... I don't want to say like that high high concept because like I said the like Matrix and Inception have very similar concepts. And I think this does both of those but better in terms of how it explains its rules and its structure to people. I was really surprised at like the main theme kind of being like optimistic nihilism and and what to deal and what to do when that is your mindset of like nothing's important everything is bullshit what do you do and then like the father guy just like gives his speech about like all we you know just 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 be kind and it's you know people are like getting ready to die maybe and, and bad things are about to happen and he's just like desperately being like can we please stop fighting and just be kind for a bit and like that was really emotional um so much of it you know being subtitled despite like i said I mean, I know so many people who will not see a movie with subtitles. Like, oh, I want to fucking read a movie. Do I look like I read books? No. And and so just some of the the decisions and the, the risks this movie took, that ultimately paid off, which is great. But I, I was really pleasantly surprised by, I guess, all of them. Like, it was a really, really charming movie. Now, I wanted to ask, do you really know people that refuse to read subtitles? I mean, most of them say that in regards to anime but i'll extrapolate because i feel like that's one of those things i'll hear online but i don't personally know anyone like that so i I always find that interesting a one or two people that i work with that would not see a movie with subtitles well you know i don't want them going to movie theaters so that improves my viewing experience yeah i really I really enjoyed most of the humor in it, though. I met one person at work who didn't like the movie because he he didn't like the uh, some of the really kind of crass sex gags that happened. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of those they didn't need to do. And it's or they like, went on I, too long. I think it's a really good film. Like, it's such a good film. And I kind of wish I could edit it and give the edited version to my parents because I don't think either of them will like it just because of that. Yeah, Even though it that's was, such a small part of the whole thing. Yeah, you're looking at like maybe 
three minutes worth of the movie, right? Of the whole runtime, maybe four. Oh, I, I was going to say less, even. Like, um, <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like you don't need a close up of a dildo. And you right. don't. Uh, I, I know there's like a fight sequence where they're trying to, like, shove something up their ass. And it's a joke. But it's also like, I feel like it's Borderlines and Austin Powers joke. It kind of it's is, not yeah. As gross. The um the dildo thing too, like, was I think clearly a reference to Saints Row. And so I was like, oh, we're gonna get references to to things I know in this, like like video games and other stupid pop culture. And we did like uh home run bat, the one pinky or thumb or whatever they she used to like beat somebody up, and you just hear like the home run bat noise, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so fucking funny. But yeah, the, the some of the crash jokes I could have done without. At the same time, the movie is like, hey, this is literally about everything and everywhere. And all, you know, the human condition involves sex. And so I would almost have been weird to not have it. I think as far as like some of the, the, the things the movie was trying to portray. So I get it. I don't like hold it against it. But when someone's like, man, I would have liked that movie a lot more if like the weird sex jokes hadn't been in there. I'm like, yeah, I don't. That's that's fair. I I kind of feel the same. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle here. I want to say, watching it like I went in blind. I was, I saw the trailer, but I didn't do any research on the movie. And there's a part early on where they're showing like there's a vision of an alternate reality where everyone has hot dogs for fingers, and it's just goofy and it's so weird that you're not even sure what what to make of this. And my audience was laughing. And the fact that they not only revisit that later in the movie more than once, but by the end, there's a part where there's hot dog finger people in this emotional moment, and it brought tears to my eyes. And it's like, like five minutes ago, we were laughing at one thing, and then we're watching this scene, and like I'm hearing people like sniffle. And I've never been in a movie that touched so many emotions so effectively so rapidly yeah i uh, to me the when they were rocks and there was just like text and there was no sound yeah like that was that was like really kind of hardcore like philosophy going on there but because of like the setup and the the context around it it was just like really moving and really sad and then when like she turns around she's got googly eyes and it's like hey guess what we're gonna like we're gonna take this this idea and this sadness but find the positivity in it and we're going to be a family like it it hit really really hard and i remember seeing some of the think pieces or whatever i i i didn't see the movie yet but just like this movie did really well for a24 oh is the takeaway that audience wants really big bombastic movies with lots of budgets and lots of uh special effects and mine's like no the takeaway is if you have really well-written emotionally resonant characters in your movie people will go see it. Ta-da! Yeah, I think what's frustrating is how this is just a good movie because it was good. And it's like everything that comes from this... Uh, how did... Um, Rocco Bowie was talking about it. And he commented about how there's a lot of these movies are doing multiverse stuff. And they did multiverse in the Marvel movies and... There was this other thing, and then Everything Everywhere came out. And he was like, oh, this is actually, this is like the best multiverse story I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad they did this. 
well, I'm satisfied. And he realized, oh no, multiverse stuff is like the new trend we're going to have to put up with for the next five years. Because everybody's writing scripts right now, you know? Yeah. And boy, it's tiresome. <laughs> the, oh, Bayonetta 3 came out. Did you see that? Yeah, I haven't played it at all. I think my brother picked it up. Uh, spoiler, the whole plot of the game is going to multiverses and finding other Bayonettas. Oh, no. And I'm like, come on. I <laughs> I heard that, and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to skip this. I, I don't want to bother. Remember when the multiverse was just like a Big Bang Theory joke for a while? And then people went very excited at like the water cooler at work. Like, ah, I watched it on the Big Bang Theory. String Theory. And now it's like hundreds of millions of dollar budget movies and video games. It's like, what the fuck happened? No, I don't remember that. I, I was aware of multiverse stuff before Big Bang Theory came out. I was too, but I don't think like like it wasn't really pop culturally resonant for a long time. Unless you, like, played video games and watched anime. Because you weren't really going to see it elsewhere. I don't know. I, I feel like there was a good Futurama episode about it, and everyone understood that one. Yeah, I guess that's true. Rick and Morty have been doing that for a really long time, too, now that I think about it. I think, uh... There's high-concept stuff in the film, like you said. Yep. What I found was how palatable everything is. Like, it doesn't matter how weird things get. You understand on some level uh, there there are patterns. And every time it'll show something, you might be confusing for a bit, but they tie it up at the end. Yeah. And one of the things I liked, and I did not expect this at all, but when she's hopping around and it's showing all these different versions and stuff... Each place that she kind of hopped to, she would mess up a little bit. And it was kind of interesting because what's important is whatever's going on in the present in her universe. But later in the movie, they revisit these other places that she touched on, and you see each of these things resolve. Yeah. And, like, the the world where she's famous. And, like, that, uh, that was interesting. And then the one where she's a chef. And they actually, like, you know, she set out to make it right with the raccoon. And it's, like, all these dumb things where it's, like, that. I thought that was a throwaway joke that she couldn't remember the name Ratatouille. But then it's, like, no, this is an emotional moment at the end. Yeah. And I've never seen something where they set up so many dominoes and each of the dominoes come back together and land correctly. And it's not bloated. Like, this movie is not too complicated. Somehow. Like, I think the Marvel movies are mess. They're right. just pure mess from beginning to end. Here's this thing where they have to introduce characters and their multiverse equivalents and this bigger plot, and it all comes together at the same time, and it rests very nicely. And the finale is so, like, it brings everything back down to what you assumed the movie was going to be about when it started. And I've never seen something handled so gracefully. I think it's also a really graceful use of like the LOL random style of humor. Um, yeah, that because too. it's it's a uh, it's plot relevant, but it's also like with the with the the daughter character whose name I I can't remember off the top of my head, but like her like I put it all on a bagel, right? Like put everything on a bagel, and you're like, oh ha, it's a bagel. But at the same time, like 
it's a defense mechanism too. Like this character picked a bagel. I think you know she could have put it on anything, but she put it on something that like you eat that is unassuming, that is unimportant, but also it's a hole, and it's like this is literally a black hole. But she didn't put it in a black hole. She put it on something that like won't scare her to think about or look at. Like there's a method to all the madness in the movie, which is really cool. Because I don't know if it would need it. Like it, it, it you, once you get the concept, it's like, oh yeah, I guess things are kind of going to be weird for no reason. But it's like, no, there's literally always a secret reason. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a very good movie. And I know I recommended it before. I we, we talked heavily about spoilers this time. I don't think anything spoils the movie. No, and it's definitely more. It's a really it's a journey movie. Like it's about the journey, but the destination is also really good. And we didn't talk about the destination at all. But I, I think knowing the destination doesn't spoil it either. And I think really it's filmed well. There's good action sequences. I it does so many things so well. It's just very remarkable. I hope. I don't know what's gonna go on with the Oscars, because I don't know if I even care about the Oscars anymore. But it's like I hope it gets appropriate accolades, to some degree. I don't know. Yeah, I I hope so too. Like I said, I it was really nice to see. That kind of like dark philosophy, but with a really light at the end of the tunnel outlook. Because I, I love Rick and Morty, but Rick and Morty is a bleak as fuck cartoon. And so to take kind of like the same underpin philosophical underpinnings of Rick and Morty, but being like, yeah, but like the other way to look at it is this. And you can still be happy and you can still like get on with your life while still thinking that there's really no purpose to it. Was was nice because I, I I feel like you don't really get to see this often enough in movies, just like this this idea itself. But when you do, it's like oh, we're gonna do the dark comedy thing and and farts and robots that serve butter. Which don't get me wrong, big fan of that. But I don't know, it just felt like such a a, a more mature way to deal with this uh, in a lot of respects, which I really enjoyed. So I was playing Fortnite, and I got the pickle Rick. I unlocked Pickle Rick on Fortnite. Hell yeah. And so I equipped that on Doctor Strange. And so I'm Doctor Strange running around with the machine gun. And I got Pickle Rick there like with commentary while I'm shooting people. And I was thinking, as much as I like Fortnite, this feels like a kind of surreal encapsulation of how dull all media has gotten. Yeah. And then I watch uh, everything everywhere all at once. And it's so removed from everything. And it's also so human and connected that it's the only movie that matters while you're watching it. And yeah. I just found that so refreshing. <laughs> so if, if anyone out there likes film and you feel like you haven't seen a good movie in a while and you you skip the last 80 times people have recommended it, like I really just want to say... I've, I've met a couple of people who are like, this might be my favorite movie ever. And it's like, I could see that. Like, yeah, this movie is yeah. really, really good. I think that's fair. I think if you want to say it's not perfect or it's a little overrated, I think that's also fair. Mm-hmm. But it is objectively good for multiple reasons. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're at 55 minutes. I know there's some dead air, but I don't know. Do we want to move on to something else? Do you want to hit a glad space and wrap up what you want to do tonight? 
Well, how about we hit a Glad's face? I, I would love to talk more, but I'm hearing like some clicking in my sinuses. I don't know if that's coming through on the mic anymore, so maybe I'm at my limit today. Okay. I'm over my cold, but I got this like residual cough that's bugging me. Oh, I hate that. Um, But how about I'm you? Gonna... Do you have a glad space chat? Yeah. So, uh, the musician Devin Townsend released a new album recently called Lightwork. And I've listened to that a couple times now, and I quite like it. You're, I had you listen to his music for a music club, and you did not like his music. Um, this is a little, little less dense and a little more easier, I think, on the ears. And I know the first time I listened to it, I was at work and I was like, man, is this going to be another one of those albums that I was really excited for this year? And I just kind of don't care about it. And then so I threw it on again the next day. I was getting ready to do some writing and I was like, you know, I don't feel like writing right now. I'm just going to listen to this and I want to just like pay attention to it. And like the more I paid attention to it, the more I was like, wow, there's some really fucking cool music here. Like this is a really neat album. I kind of like the vibes it's got going. It's like, hey, everything's chaos, but this is not. Kind of like that's the, the the structure of it, I suppose. And I, I think it's a it's a really it's a nice listen. Um, I, I recommend the album, but then also Devin's got like a seven part series on the making of it that he's got on YouTube. And I honestly, I kind of recommend that too. Just he really goes into the the thought process and the the physical like construction of this and the things he did really differently to get out of his comfort zone as an artist because he's been around for like. I think he's in his 50s. And so the fact that he's like, no, nah, I, I got to keep trying stuff that's new. Like, he, this is the first album ever he worked with a producer on that helped him, like, write tracks and uh, structure songs. Normally, he's just like, well, I make prog metal, so who gives a shit? I'll just structure it however I want. And so he's, he's got someone's like, no, 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 like, this is your chorus. You have to save this and repeat this. This is the chorus. And he's like, oh, I guess, you know, we'll write some other stuff then and make that the chorus. And it's so funny to hear that and just to kind of appreciate the album a bit more but also the artistic process the it's it's cool so yeah i I recommend i recommend the album and if you like the album i would say hit up his youtube channel and and watch the the making of and most of the videos are only like five minutes long they're not they're not a huge time commitment but that's a good pick there's nothing wrong with that glad's face even if i hate it and i hate you (laughs) I'm still a little surprised you didn't like Empath, but then like I listened to that album, like how could don't how could people just not like this? This album is so good, but it is weird and it's long and it's dense. So I guess maybe I'm not that surprised. I don't. I, I feel like I wasn't as negative as you remember me being. Maybe, but you also I, might I mean, have been playing it up favorite. for laughs. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do another music club at some point, and I don't know what the hell we'll do. Yeah, it's coming up soon. I think I have mine picked. Uh, I did suggest Christmas music, and you vetoed that real hard. I don't like Christmas music. I, you're, you're not wrong to veto it. That's that's totally valid. But I did have a backup ready. So as soon as you think of something you'd like <laughs> to talk about, okay, we're we're gonna have one soon. I think. I feel like I need to jump genres. I keep making you listen to metal music, so I should try making you listen to either pop or like electronica or something. That's funny. Mine is kind of pop and electronica. Hmm. Well, it depends all that in pretty soon. Then that sounds fun. Yeah, I think um, so. What is what is your glad space, Cameron? What are you happy about th- this week? Oh yeah. So we're talking about music. Uh, 
So you mentioned that Sonic the Hedgehog game came out. Yeah. And the soundtrack, they they did it again. They have this great single that's like, it's it's both uh, like, wow, this is really cool. But also it's so like cheesy and over the top and on the nose that it's self-aware at how like cringy it is. Like the only way to do Sonic right now is this kind of post-ironic approach, I guess. Um, what, what would you call this? This, this to me is like a, a radio friendly metalcore song, which is yeah. the new butt rock. <laughs> so, yeah, it's butt rock. It's, uh, it's called Undefeatable and it's like the cool boss music that plays while you're going Super Saiyan. And man, I, I hate everything I've seen about this game. I think I'm going to skip it entirely. It looks so bad. And so I'm not paying attention to it, right? this streamer i follow he'll do react videos and he normally talks about warcraft but today he uploaded one where he was listening to the undefeatable song and so the video opens and he's like okay a lot of people keep telling me to listen to the new sonic song whatever and he starts it and he has just he grows this grin on his face and he can't look away and he gets halfway through the song before he finally stops it. And he goes like, this is so perfect. And he just like enjoyed the song because it's just so self-aware. I, um, I shared it in my, my music discord and I was like, Hey guys, this is legit better than most mainstream metalcore songs. And someone's like, that's not saying a lot. I'm like, it's not, but <laughs> this song's actually pretty dope. <laughs> From the, the freaking riff Hedgehog at like 20 soundtrack. seconds. Also, I love- like this is the official music video they put on the Sonic YouTube channel, and like I commented that it it felt like a child put it together in two thousand one with Windows Media filters. It's like every AMV video that you've seen where it's just like, like here's Goku powering up, and then it's some like black and white footage of a schoolyard while this cool song plays, and it's all grainy and cool. I love there there's like certain um tropes in this too that I, I feel like if you know you know kind of thing. Like the I think it's around the twenty six yes. second mark where someone's just like go I I've heard so yes. many songs where like someone grunts the word go and then like the riff kicks in and it's so fucking funny to hear that in a goddamn Sonic song. I love it. And I I really like the last one that they did with um what what was uh Sonic Forces? There's that theme that plays where, like, your OC teams up with Sonic. Yeah. And the song is about being, like, best buds because you're both cool and you you make each other better by being a team. And it's, like, it's so cringy, but it's also, like, this, this like, butt rock quality to it. And it, again, talking about those tropes, there's a part where it's, like, there's a, an electric guitar, but also a violin and they do this musical duet together and it like it's the first time you've heard that pairing and it's like oh my gosh they actually did it <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm so sick of hearing violins and guitars paired like it's a cool idea and then they did it perfect <laughs> like they could not have done that song better for the sonic soundtrack so yeah they did it again undefeatable so unbreakable no undefeatable uh, give that a look up. It's hilarious. Someone in the but comments, but also I, is... I added it to my playlist. 
Someone in the comments is saying Ronnie Radke ghost wrote this, which I'm guessing is not true, but would be fucking hysterical if it was. <laughs> he's the he's in Falling in Reverse. He's their front man. It it is legitimately like a really good good metalcore song. It's super fucking fun. Also, the Sleeping in Sirens vocalist is like Sleeping in Sirens. Sleeping in Sirens is a pretty damn good band. So like the fact that they got like that that person to do yeah. this, it's like goddamn. <laughs> Yeah, I sent this to you. I was just curious if you'd seen it yet. And you immediately, like, recognize things that I wouldn't. I I, I keep hearing mixed things about this game. Um, I'm kind of curious, but I've also been, like... I've been burned before, so I probably won't get it. Man, it looks so shit. And I, you know me. Didn't I recommend Sonic Forces? I don't know if you recommended Sonic Forces so much as, like, you said the things that you had fun with it, and I was like, oh, I might have fun with those things, too. I will try it. Yeah. And then I, I was I like, I got, I see like, the fun in this one. It looks so empty. Everything I've seen about it, it just looks like, it looks vaguely neat, but also so desolate and boring. And but I don't also know the if... Also, the pop-in. Have you seen, like, gameplay... Like I, I'm watching the IGN review, and the guys talking about how it feels so good to run so fast, and they show footage of Sonic running fast, and it's like objects are popping in without enough reaction time to get around them. Oh, like things like trees. You know, it's not like this is a puzzle or something. It's like no, graphically this isn't running right, and it was giving me a headache. Like when when things pop in like that, I, I, I don't know if this is like too autistic to get into but i Never. i really like when things go fast right but part of that like in order to go fast you have to see where you're going there's a certain amount of reaction time but there's also a certain amount of um knowing where you're going and planning several steps ahead that's how like race simulation games are you have to memorize the track you have to know not just the turns but also is there going to be dirt or sand on the track on that one turn? Because you have to treat it differently to bank at 120 miles an hour, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so part of the fun of something like Sonic is the power fantasy of running so fast. Whoa, it's cool. And you see these little tech demos that people put out where there's nothing in the game, but it's like, hey, proof of concept, here's Sonic running fast through a 3D world. And the good ones are like, you can see Sonic in the force, you know, he's right there. But also, in your mind's eye, you can see the next four things he's going to do, and it's really fucking cool. And then you execute it. So you you see a loop-de-loop, but you also see the rail that you could jump off of and land there, and then you bounce from that to a bumper that's going to shoot you higher, so you execute that doing-doing-doing, and you feel good for doing it right. And so yeah. I'm watching footage of Sonic Frontier, and he's just on a rail kind of autopilot, and objects are popping in around him, and then he lands somewhere, and like there's enemies standing around him, so he pushes a, a button, and it makes him fly around in a circle, and it kills the enemies. And it's like pass. That's a hard pass. I don't care how flashy it gets. I'm not watching any gameplay. It's like you hold forward for a bit and then you push the X button. Yeah. I, I guess I'll have to like watch some extended play of it to see what I think. I don't need new Sonic in my life. Like if I really want to play Sonic, I have options. 
yeah, actually, I ended up getting a different game instead, but that might be my glad space next week. I'll I'll see if I like it or not. Okay. Um, are we done? <laughs> we good? I don't know why I said okay I, like that. No, I just I see. I, we were talking earlier. I don't bring up Jurassic Park, but then if you get me talk about Sonic, I'm draining the life out of you. The more I talk, I like no, no. We we've done multiple episodes of Sonic. We like Sonic on this show, but I'm a draining presence. No, you're my friend. All right, this was fun though. I love catching up with you. I felt bad missing last week. Yeah, you know what? It's fine. Um, you were you weren't feeling well. I'm pretty sure I either played video games or edited a book. So I'm like, it it was fine. Yay! I'm glad you're feeling better. Me too, and I'm glad everybody got to hear me cough. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Good night, everybody. Night, everybody. <laughs>